All right. Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Alliance Network's What Can We Do? Uh, today I'm speaking to Nick Caterano, and Nick is a, I guess you call him cast member at uh, Disney in Orlando, Florida, and Disney has implemented one of the uh, vaccine mandates uh, here in the state of Florida. I think a lot of people are mistaken or misguided about what's actually happening in Florida, where we do have some um, protections, you know, that Governor DeSantis has put into place, but they don't extend to private employers uh, that are mandating the vaccine for their employees. Now, they can't ask for the, There are uh, executive orders that have been put in place where um, businesses can't require any sort of proof of vaccination, but they can and they are mandating vaccines for employees. And um, Nick has been uh, leading the charge in fighting back against the Disney mandate. So we're going to talk to him about that. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Haley. Thanks for having me. I yeah. appreciate it. And thanks for getting my name right. That's pretty good on the, on the first run. So. Yeah, thanks. yeah. Thanks that sounds that. like a nice Italian name, is it? Yeah, yeah. It definitely, <laughs> definitely is. It comes with the fingers. You know, Caterano. So, <laughs> why don't you uh, just give me a rundown? What do you do for, for Disney? And um, how did this get started? And, and, and tell me some background on this. So, so as far as given my, my role at Disney, I'm, I'm kind of not you can find it out there. People have printed it, but I'm trying not to draw too much attention to myself for uh -huh. Disney's sake and my sake. Um, uh -huh. They've allowed me to keep working. I've been really grateful for that. And I, I'm really surprised I haven't run into crowds of either protesting people or people supporting me in my location. Uh -huh. um, but I've been there with, with Disney for 16 years. Um, I was a shop steward for, for a few of those years and I, and I was very much involved in, um, helping fight for workers' rights and, uh, you know, standing up for workers in, in the workplace. Um, so I, I've been involved um, even before I was a, a shop steward. I was always uh, fighting for things in the location. And I always say I was building a win-win because uh, in corporate America today, we know uh, people aren't first anymore. Um, and if, you, if, if you, you hurt people, you end up hurting your bottom line, I believe. So I, I kind of help them despite themselves a lot of times, I say. Um, but but in, but in talking about like the, what you were saying with with the mandates and, and here in Florida about it, there are protections in place, but more from a government side, but a private business, it seems like it would be a no brainer, right? That that your rights would be protected. Um, but it, it has really looked like uh, government has used businesses to to be the bad guy and the fall guy. And you saw you saw the messaging start now with it. And then it just kind of picked up steam and tempo to literally they were they were beating us in the head through business and then using OSHA, um, which we know we now know it's not official. It was a press conference and it's being implemented all over the country. But there's nothing official, so there's no lawsuits that can fight against that OSHA implementation or Biden's uh, declaration of the of these mandates for companies of a hundred or more. So it's it's all been really shady, to say the least. Um, and I know when I've talked to uh, people who really know their law, um, even though on the mandates on face value, when we see efficacy waning, when we see adverse reactions and and all these whistleblowers, it seems like on face value we should just be able to win these case on the merits of the mandates themselves and the vaccine. Uh, but it seems that it's it's a lot trickier than that. You have judges uh, who are biased themselves, who are activist judges. You have judges who are worried about popular opinion, or they don't want to stick their necks out, or they're just watching 
you know, certain news channels like everybody else. So they feel they're doing a public service by defending these mandates. Uh, so getting past that wall to make a legal argument is, is a lot trickier than, than you would expect. Um, we, w- we would think that this would be a no brainer, but it, it's unfortunately it's not. Yeah. And um, I, I pay attention to Robert Barnes. Do you know Robert, the attorney, Robert Barnes? He he's, sounds familiar. I'm sure I've seen some of his he's stuff. Like a, he's got a national presence and I think he's actually, I don't know if he's Canadian, but he's got a, a national presence. I think he's at representing Kyle Rittenhouse, but he's got a, like a, a yes, national. That, that's where I know him from. Yeah. Okay. A national show that he does. And he gives a rundown of what the landscape is looking like legally. And the, the religious exemptions is very strong. We have a strong history of granting and um, uh, upholding religious exemptions here in the U.S., but the the uphill battle is with medical exemptions, um, and you know those trying to pr- uh, uh, prove natural immunity or that they have antibodies, what et cetera. Um, those are the ones that have an uphill bl- battle. Not to say that it's not winnable, but it's not going to be quite the slam dunk that these religious exemptions are for whatever reason. I mean, it seems like a slam dunk to us. I mean, like, hello, I've got, I've got antibodies. Like what more do you need? Uh, But for some reason, the courts don't see it that way. And, and also with the medical exemptions, I had one guy who went through kidney failure. I've had people reaching out from around the country and and, and in many cases around the world. Um, But uh, I believe it was Connecticut where his doctor, he had a hole in his heart. He had uh, kidney failure. He was scared to death of taking these vaccines because he's witnessed other people with adverse reactions. And the doctor flat out told him no. And I, I had some a cast member recently reached out to me as well with a situation like that, where she was an employee, had gotten another vaccine a few years ago. And because of this, of what's in the vaccine, she was highly allergic and she didn't know. And she went into a severe medical reaction um, and she can't even get the medical records as a Disney employee through Disney, through the insurance. So she's fighting to get those records out. Um, But she went to people and openly said, this is my reaction to this particular stuff. If it's in the vaccine, I can't take it. And nobody will give her the shot, but she can't get a medical exemption because no doctor will sign the paper. So it's, it's really, it's, it's another perfect example of one size doesn't fits all. Mm -hmm. And they just want to kind of ram this through, but nobody wants to pause and really consider all the ramifications of what they're doing. Um, And yeah, it's really sad on the, you know, just the natural immunity. We now know 27 times more protected. There's really good research on that. How does that not count if science counts? So it's, it's, it's a mess. And, right. it, and it, it, it's really sad to just, just witness all this stuff and, and just mind boggling to think, how is this, why are we even fighting this? This is, this is just common sense. It reminds me of uh, Catch-22. I see all your books behind there. Have you read Catch-22? No, well, maybe, maybe years ago. It sounds like yeah. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's a, it's a popular, well saying it's a catch 22, but you know, right. obviously from the book, but it really is, you know, like just the, the, these things that just make no sense, these inherent contradictions and, and everything. Um, and, uh, have you been, um, in touch with your lawmakers, any local lawmakers or politicians? Have you had I any? Have- I, I have been. Um, there's legislation. 
Um, I don't know if, if for your listeners, if they're familiar with uh, attorney Jeff Childers, mm-hmm. he has won uh, a case against the mass mandates first in the country. He also won one of the first in the country injunctions for the uh, city employees of Gainesville. Uh, to stop the vaccine mandate. And he's also written legislation and sent it to Tallahassee. But getting all these legislators back to vote on it, 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 there again, it's a political football, right? And people lack, there's so many people that lack courage, even when they know it's correct. Um, There's other legislation, Sabatini, uh, I was in talks with, or more texting with, and he's got legislation up there that he that he feels strongly about. And he's been vocal to get people out there to to vote on it. Um, But a lot of it has to do with courage. Um, we 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 saw. I, I went a little bit blank there, but I was going to follow up with something. But but pretty much the courage we've Wittenberg, uh, the young man that that was in that shooting. Uh, mm. I think it was Wisconsin, mm. and you saw how somebody donated twenty bucks to him, and for his relig- for his uh, defense fund, and then sure enough, the press shows up and it ruins his life. Yeah, Rittenhouse. Yeah, Wittenhouse. Yeah. Twenty and twenty five dollars. I think they have socially engineered, whether consciously or unconsciously, to make everybody afraid. We will ruin your lives if you stick your neck out, if you don't follow the narrative. But I'm really, I mean, knowing history and 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 being a big student of history, when when people are this radical on such basic truths, uh, they're not going to stop there. You know, we see people like Drew Brees when he, he just supported, I think, focus on the family and they came after him. His apology was not enough. You know, they really took him to the ringer. So sticking at this point in history, people that are thinking, you know, we've been so comfy in the United States for so long. And we think that if we just, you know, this too shall pass. Right. You know, we've been through so many things in this country and everybody's gotten used to this will pass. And we're 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 protecting our comfort zones. We're protecting our reputations. But I think this time is a lot different. And I think if they're allowed to 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 me, the line in the sand right now, are these mandates, if they get through and pass these mandates, vaccine passports are clearly next. We're seeing people in France and Italy. They're they're marching in the millions now because they understand it. But in the United States, I think that extra fear gauge from people that, you know, rapper Nicki Minaj just made a statement and and they came out and attacked her. And it's all meant to keep people in check. Um, And I think our politicians the same way. There's people. It seems our politicians are more interested in keeping their jobs than doing what they were they were elected to do. And I and and they were there to represent the people. And I think at this point, people would be more supportive of them if they would do their job and stop playing politics and stop. You know, these are career politicians. I was reading stuff. These people go in there 40 years ago. Look at Joe Biden, you know, and then they enrich themselves. They have a history of failed policy and nobody holds them accountable. And it's just because they're playing team sport. They just want to win at all costs. And that's where people are getting their 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 benefit or their payback, right? They just want to win at all costs. And that's what we've come to. And we really need some politicians that are really public servants that are going to stand up and fight for the truth come hell or high water. And, uh, you know, history's not, history will look kindly on you if we do this, uh, and especially to our, I was speaking to our politicians, but history is going to look really terribly. And, and, and you guys are going to feel real terrible because, I don't think you're going to be forgiven so easy from either side. You know, your 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 political opposition is going to want to eat your lunch anyway. And the people who you betrayed 
uh, you're not going to find any, you're not going to find any, any comfort in their arms. Um, so, you know, there, there is legislation out there. It's just, uh, people got to go and vote on it. Well, that's been sort of my, my message to governor DeSantis. I'm like, you're going to be a greater hero standing up and keeping Florida free. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, him running for president and everything. I'm like, no, no, we need you here in Florida and you will be a greater hero. You will do more good in this world by standing and fighting for Florida, keeping one last beacon of freedom out there than you will do in as president of the United States, which as we can see, anytime an outsider gets elected, they just railroad them every which way from Sunday. So he's not going to be able to do anything as president. He can do a lot as governor, but he's not getting the help that he needs. And no. it's not it's not from the Democrats. It's as Anthony Sabatini says, the the rhinos here in the Florida legislature, legislature, including the leadership. I mean, we have a Republican House, we have a Republican Senate, we have a Republican governor. You would think we could just do what the Democrats do and ram through anything we want, but they're so spineless and cowardly that they refuse to act. Um, you know, and I think that's Sabatini has been doing a good job of calling them out. I mean, you, you mentioned Jeff Childers. I've been part of his call army. I've been making the phone calls to Wilton Simpson and Chris Sprouse. And, um, you know, I, the last time I called, cause I've called like how many times, I don't know, dozens upon dozens. And of course, sometimes I speak to some people and most of the time it's, I leave a message, but I finally have been saying like, you guys live in this world too. Like, don't forget that you live in this world too. And I said, I would hate for your family to have, to have a medical emergency and you need to go to the hospital and they don't get the care that they deserve because of all these staff shortages from people getting fired from these vaccine mandates. And I said, you have the power to do something about it. And you're not. And I would, I, I just want to remind you, you live in this world too. And if you think that's not going to come back and bite you in the butt one of these days, then you're mistaken. And, and now I remember what my brain froze on a few minutes ago. Uh, he kind of reminded me. So Dr. Pierre Corey from Frontline Doctors mm -hmm. uh, recently said he had the inside information that 100 to 200 congressmen and staffers, uh, congresspeople and staffers, used ivermectin to get better from COVID. And not one of them spoke out. Mm. And, and, and the, the, the depth of the cowardness mm -hmm. and the fear to a narrative, a false narrative at all costs to preserve themselves when they know these things to be true is, is just uh, uh, amazing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just amazing. And, and talking about DeSantis, um, God bless him and give him the strength. I mean, I, I kind of feel I want things to move faster even with him, but as I watch him implement things, right, the, the monocular antibody clinics and you watching the, the hospitalization and death rates drop and then his, uh, his uh, appointment, I think it was to attorney general, was it? Uh, uh, Surgeon general. Surgeon General yeah. with the with the, the frontline doctor. Yeah. Um, it seems like he's kind of putting pieces in place. He seems like he's marching in a certain direction. He's, he's actually very smart, and he's yeah. he, he's he's smart, and he seems to finally somebody on our side who knows how to play chess and not just checkers. Yeah. So you can see him maneuvering the pieces. But like I said, he's but one man. I mean, he can only do so much as governor, and he's doing the best that he can. But he's not getting the support from the legislature that he should do from, from these spineless cowards in the GOP. It's not the Democrats. I mean, we know they're useless. 
they're useless. So it doesn't matter. But we have a majority and the majority is failing to act. They will not act. We've been calling for months now, hundreds of calls a day, uh, especially to the the Senate president and the, the Speaker of the House, begging, demanding, urging, pleading for a special session to address these mask and vaccine mandates. You have a Republican majority why will they not get this done? Do you think a Democrat would think twice about ramming through legislation that benefited them? You know, and this is just what's so bothersome is that, you know, the Democrats or the liberals, they're all in, you know, but half of the GOP are secretly liberals or they're just spineless. You know, we don't have anybody. You can't you can't count on all of us. You, you know, the, 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 the liberals walk in lockstep and we are just kind of, you know, half of them really don't care. Yeah. No principles. Yeah. And- Nothing. And, yeah, and they're going to have to sell their souls a lot further as this tide turns. If if it turns if it turns into a Marxist country as we're going, mm-hmm. um, they're going to come for them. So I, I think the, I think you better make friends now. Um, I, and and I, I wanted to, to to backtrack a little bit because I, I think I want to make a real good point here. Hopefully, if any of these legislators are paying attention. Um, with me, when I saw these mandates coming, I thought they were they were too big. You know, nothing we were going to do. We saw this big train, this Titanic of a thing coming at us, and I figured, okay, I'm going to have to reinvent myself and step away. And there was nothing I could do. Uh, union leadership reached out to me just to, to to feel me out where I was on this because they were going to negotiate for the medical and religious exemptions. And uh, I, I so wait, I, Disney I, has a union. Yeah. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. But, but, they, but they weren't going to they weren't going to get in the way. They felt that um, Disney had a right to do these mandates and all they were going to do was work on the medical and religious exemptions. And I guess feeling out my opinion, because I was part of that discussion group uh, when we did things, I, I let my my full view on this be known and how I felt about it. But that there was nothing to, to be done. When was um, that? That was the day Disney announced the uh, the mandates for the non-unionized uh, that very day. I think it was August 1st or 2nd or somewhere in that that timeline. And I, and I remember correctly the, the, the proximity of it because my wife got COVID the next day. Oh, wow. So I have some pre-existing conditions I'm wrestling with. We kind of separated in the house, uh, hopefully to keep me safe. Um, because it, it seems so scary. We hadn't been paying attention to, to what early treatments were doing or anything, really. We just heard this Delta variant. Um, and on Tuesday, my heart rate exploded uh, about three o'clock and about six o'clock because I'm, I'm worried about heart conditions. Uh, family in medicine recommend I get to the emergency room. I got there. Uh, I was I was at 150 beats a minute, 135, 155, and that was going on for hours took me seven hours in the waiting room because it was full uh, with COVID patients. Uh, they tested me for COVID and it turned out I, I was positive. And, and the admitting nurse said, that's why your heart's running like that. Um, so they got me finally into a room, the really nice doctor. He seemed to be caring. I kind of only, I almost suspect that he was trying to spare me from the remdesivir because he had mentioned it. Um, but he also said, listen, with your, with your conditions, you, your next 10 days are going to be critical. You need to monitor your oxygen, take your Tylenol, and when you go into crisis, come back and we'll work on you. That was it. They offered me nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no protocols in a, in a really big hospital system here in Orlando. 
I, uh, we, we went home and for about two days, uh, it was a struggle. It was, it was bad. My wife's, I got really worried more about my wife. Her chest was really tightening and her cough was really getting bad. Uh, we were able to get a hold of my doctor finally, and, and we got some ivermectin, steroids, and erythromycin. That's good. And in two hours of the ivermectin, before we took anything else the following day, my wife's chest opened up, my chest opened up, her cough started to subside. In two days, we were absolutely fine, and we were cautious, like, okay, maybe we go for another wave, but that was it. It was, it was pretty much over. That's awesome. Um, so as I dug back into data while we had all that time, and I started looking at early treatments and, and I started learning more about uh, Pierre Corey and, and Simone Gold and all the work they were doing and the frontline doctors and seeing them speak to the Senate about the protocols that were in the hospitals and seeing what they're doing and seeing how early treatments are being demonized so much. And then and, and not long after that, we had the data that came out that India was 13 percent vaccinated at the top end. But had with ivermectin released throughout the country, they had 23 people per million with COVID. The United States at that snapshot, I think was September 13th, had 450 people per million. And Israel with Pfizer, 80, 85% fully vaccinated already on the third and fourth boosters by that snapshot. We're looking at over a thousand cases per million. As I began to digest all this information, I realized they're killing people. And there's, you know, yes. maybe there's people that don't know any better in, mm -hmm. the, in the hospital system and they're just following orders and trying to preserve their jobs. But the people that are handing down these protocols, Fauci, Dr. Burks, when they released uh, um, it while Trump was in office and I saw the, the that little press conference where they took remdesivir, which was failed in clinical trials, had killed somebody and they resurrected it as the antiviral savior and release it as the, the, the known protocol, they were killing people. So it was mass, it, 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 it's mass homicide. It is, it and, is. And, and now the nurses, have, because it's been so widely known that it doesn't work, even though the study shows it doesn't work, they're still putting it as a treatment protocol. And now the nurses are affectionately calling remdesivir, run, death is near. Because they put people on remdesivir, Usually they die, that and the ventilator, but that's the protocol. How many people on ventilators die? Most of them, most yeah. of them. And, and that's what they're doing, whether you need it or not. They're ventilating you. They're medically incapacitating you with fentanyl, with uh, remdesivir and medically induced comas. They're just leaving you alone. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that spikes the hospitalization. That spikes the death rate. That increases the fear. The media and these leaders who want a narrative force the fear. People become irrational and the vaccine's the only thing and the unvaccinated are the target. So with all this information coming out and they can't hold it back, and I'm going to try to tie this in um, with the airline. We know Southwest mm -hmm. Airline yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they all know. They're all on. The, they're talking out in the open about it. Um, but the news media is saying and Southwest Airlines is saying it's due to extreme weather, but all the other airlines aren't affected, right? But what's happening is just like in our case, when we talk to the media, but they don't really cover substance, they just cover a little superficial and make it go away. As we are beginning to make the news and we're watching the news not be told, more and more people are waking up to how bad this is. And that's happening as well as more and more people are losing loved ones because of lack of early treatments, suppressed early treatments. They're, they're losing loved ones to, to protocols like remdesivir. And if the news is not covering it, it's like a whack-a-mole game right now. They can't keep up with it. There was an ABC that wrote 
they they did their little their, their propaganda piece where they put somebody in you know somebody's in ICU and with their last dying breath they're saying I should have gotten the vaccine, and thirty nine thousand people responded with all the all the adverse reactions them and their families had had had. They can't hold it back anymore. So I want to bring this full circle back to our politicians, with all these facts that are building, all this truth that is coming out. When people really grasp the mass homicide, when people really grasp the gross negligence and the suppression of truths and the embellishing and, and the pushing of the fear, do you think it's going to go good for you? Do you do you guys think it's going to end well for you for being fearful? I think it, you know, there's still time Here, to be. Here's the problem. And I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, but I'm just thinking like how many people ever get held accountable? None. None of these, none of these people, all of these, they should be hanging from a tree somewhere. I mean, in a just world, but you know, nothing happens. Nothing ever happens. You can point back to, you know, this policy that killed this many people, whether it's these war, you know, going to war, lying us into war. Um, you know, James Clapper can sit there in front of the FBI and get caught committing perjury. Does anything happen to him? No, nothing ever happens. Even when you catch them red-handed, nothing ever happens. So I think that might be part of it is why should they, you know? I, I, I think in the past that's been true. It's been getting away. But I think a lot of people, I know with the financial crisis and one person got slapped in the hand with a, a fine after all that. And, and we get tired of seeing these congressional hearings that get fiery and, and everybody acts mad and, and they're going to drop the hammer and nobody gets in trouble. It's been political theater for the long time. I agree. But I think... There's only so much people can take. And I think people have been watching this. And this attack is on our lives. It's on deception. It's on a mass scale. It's on our jobs. There's a lot. This is a lot different, I feel, Haley. And I and and and, and I could be wrong, but I feel this is going to be different. I think I, I see I see the building of something that's coming. And uh, I want to encourage everybody. For us, who are maybe for those among us at our level of workers and blue class, pe blue class people that feel something is wrong, it's time to stand and speak up and stop protecting your comfort zone. And for our, our leaders, I, I really feel this is going to be different. You want to gamble with that? That's, that's fine. You guys gamble with that. But if I'm right, there's going to be a pushback and a backlash like nobody's business. And, and a lot of these names are going to be synonymous with terrible things. And I really, I really feel that's, that's coming. Yeah. And, um, uh, I want to, um, transition just a little bit. Cause part of the reason I reached out to you was, um, we're part, I'm part of your Disney cast and supporters against mandates telegram group. And, uh, telegram has been super helpful, I think, um, in, in, in organizing protests since obviously we know Facebook, they just get taken down and they're being monitored and spies everywhere. Not that they're wouldn't be spies there, but it's just, at least you're not going to get taken down. But um, I was really inspired because here, here's something you wrote. You said, I've spent a lot of time myself and others behind the scenes to get this fight to this point. For me, there have been some 20 hour days sometimes with team members working late nights, getting tasks done. I have given away work, used savings, organized media, networking, writing, meetings, nonstop phone calls, emails, and texts to help build an alliance. Not just me, but a team of generous, really caring people. More importantly, God has been good to us and his timing and the resources and people who have come together to fight with us, who are heart and soul involved. I could have never orchestrated this on my own. 
Um, I've asked for and expect nothing for myself, but now I'm asking everyone to really consider the fight ahead and realize it is going to be a massive endeavor to take on and win against Disney. We have secured seed money to start, fundraising teams in place to help, and super lawyers working at cut rate, but taking on a Goliath, we need real money on hand come what may. Um, so that's that's that, inspiring. That, that, sounds, that sounds better. <laughs> it sounds good hearing it from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So so tell me what it is that you've been doing. You know, you said like like tell me what what you've been having to do in the in the background, spending twenty hour days doing, and um, you know how many people are involved, and tell me a little bit more about that. Well, you know, I I, I originally just started when I when when we got the COVID and I understood the early treatments and, and how they were really killing people that really bothered me. Um, I had recently just become part of a, a, uh, organization called CCDF County citizens defending freedom. Um, they are a, a group that, that takes our, our constitution seriously and defends rights, uh, on a local level to affect, uh, big change. Um, so definitely if they're in your area and they're expanding here in Florida, uh, please check them out. Uh, but, uh, Steve Maxwell from the group, uh, the group's leader. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write this. I have some press contacts. I don't know if anybody's going to cover me, but at least I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to, and, and I, uh, wrote a, an op-ed to Disney and Steve says, well, I'll get it out to the press. I'll, I'll help you get it out in the media and, and we'll, we'll, we'll back you up on this. Um, it took me a few more days than I expected because I wrote a, a document on early treatments because there were so many people during that wave getting sick. I wanted to get that message out there of my wife and I's experience and give them the links to like frontline doctors, ivermectin and all the data. So I spent a couple days doing that. I got around to writing my op-ed, which turned into like a 20 page manifesto, um, which got shortened. Um, but, but then when I reached back out to Steve, because I didn't really know him that well, I didn't even know him. Um, I just heard him speak one time, which inspired me to come, come take a closer look at the organization. He, he, uh, within minutes, he said, well, let me get you on the call. I'm going to get you on the call. I don't want to mention lawyers names or anything, but we were on a call with lawyers not long after that with the media, media people. And, uh, we, he, we launched the website, the goofyvaccine.com website within two days. He, he had it built up uh, with my direction on, on what we we're going to do and, and somebody really knowledgeable. Um, and that started the, the, the process. And all of a sudden the press, you know, it was the major press. And I found out from people that on the inside, like even Fox News, uh, people on the inside, they contacted and said, why aren't you covering the, the, the Disney, uh, the fight against Disney mandates? Uh, it's getting pretty big and there's a lot of people involved and, and smaller and conservative presses picking up. And what, what the message I got from inside of Disney was because Disney has ties with Fox and uh, they would never do it. So you see Tucker, which I love Tucker and Tucker's covering all these stories, very related. And yet he, they're not touching us. And I don't know whether they're blocking him from seeing it, his producers, or whether he he's also in on we can't. This is the this is the the, the story we can't touch. Um, but we did, you know, all of a sudden uh, with that, and and they informed my wife and I uh, of the risk involved and what was going to happen. And sure enough, we've we've had the attacks and the emails coming through and stuff. But God's been good, and uh, nothing really severe be besides fear tactics and hit jobs. Um, but 
we started doing interviews and, and there were days where I was doing seven, seven interviews and some of them were an hour long and we we're doing interviews overseas as well, um, getting the message out there. And all that was just part of messaging because we couldn't use the mainstream media, but we had to build a groundswell. And part of that was even at Disney because I on Facebook, I couldn't get to these Disney groups. All my messages would get deleted when I was trying to reach out. When I was a union leader, everybody wanted to know what I was doing, but I couldn't get the message out. So it has been, you know, our first our, our first rally had like 50 people. Um, they, they covered it like 30, but it was 50 when you had people coming and going. Um, but that started something and it got it got some attention. And then it, it grew into to, to bigger numbers. And our last rally had two to 300 people teaming up with firefighters and nurses. Um, but just all that messaging, uh, emails coming in from around the country, um, and it's turned into more than just cast members, right? I'm hearing I'm hearing parents talk about their children in the military being forced to take these vaccines. I'm hearing stories of people being scared, cast members that are too scared to speak up, and on on both coasts on Disneyland. So it, it's been a lot of organizing and very slow moving because I'm not I'm not an organizer. I don't have a lot of experience in this, but I also as a Christian have felt motivated to respond to people by email, uh, one by one in many cases, um, trying to encourage them, trying to hear them out when they're going through these things, people that are telling me they're alone, alone and isolated. Uh, so it's, it's been a building up even one person by one person uh, with the media, with meetings, uh, with trying to encourage, uh, you know, even in, as bringing a legal team together, which has not been easy because taking on the mandates of face value has been very hard. Um, but I have found that really when you begin to take a stand, people, there's been a support system of people that have come by me that have been brave and that has encouraged me along the way. So, you know, you have those that stand up, but you also have people are, that are around that are encouraging you as, as other people begin to take a stand and go, Nick, what can we do to help? That has been encouraging to me as well. And I've been amazed by the phone calls I get. I've had blocked calls from DC, people in DC. I've had, I've had anonymous management teams from from disney reaching out saying you know we we can't disclose ourselves but we want to know let you know that we're in support of what you're doing um yeah so so we've been getting a lot of that people in dc and, and other places around the country and you could hear the fear in their voice when they're calling me because they're inside these channels um but there's support within these channels that 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 you know they're quietly there and they know that they, they'll risk not all, everything, their life, their livelihoods, their reputation and everything if they speak out against this narrative. Um, so so building that and then listening to people one on one, all of a sudden I had somebody reach out to me within the uh, the vaccine movement who out of nowhere. Right. You know, you wouldn't think much of it because you have people reaching out. But the connections this person has brought to me um by just taking the time to hear their story and their concern and to take them seriously. And then all, you know, all of a sudden I'm getting all this different help and connections and, and it's, it's bringing back this, this coalition. So it's become a passion and a full-time job. Um, and, and as a Christian, I think of Romans fifteen four, where us who are strong ought to, ought to bear those who are weak. And then God chooses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. And, and I had written to a, to somebody, a friend, uh, who, who was uh, discouraged that people don't have more of a spine. And I think of, you know, here was Peter for, for Christians who denied his Lord three times. But in the end, he chose to be hung up upside down because he, he didn't think he was worthy to be crucified, you know. And, and, and he was stoned and he was imprisoned and he became this brave soldier for Christ. 
and I and 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 I think us who who have the spine, you know, I didn't have a spine before. I I rolled over and I wanted to get along to get you know go along to get along for so long, and I wanted to focus on the love of Christ, and and you know I didn't want to offend people as much, so I was very careful in my messaging. Uh, but now I, I come to a point where I realize enough is enough because we're we're not gonna this isn't this is not the way we win this battle and they're not going to be satisfied just to get these vaccine mandates. But I think as we you know we all we all rise at different points and I think we need to encourage others to do the same thing and their safety in numbers and I think that process is beginning to happen and and that's been a part of it. There's been a lot more, um, but there, that's been a, been a real part. Um, writing writing back and responding texts phone calls encouraging people telling people how to do religious exemptions um all that stuff has been a it, it's been an around the clock uh you know there were days i'm getting up at five in the morning and i'm going to bed at two and i'm doing all this as a labor of love because i i know our country's at stake i know our values are at stake i know people's lives are at stake um and i'm just i'm just motivated now and that and and as I wrote to a friend earlier today, that that's the oil in my engine right now to bring God the glory, to help motivate and encourage other people. And right now, nothing else should matter to us, especially to Christians. I mean, I, we, uh, that nothing else should matter, and and we need to you know we need to put all we we've been very fortunate in this country to have so many comforts. And I don't know if anybody saw the God's Not Dead movie. Uh, but if you, if you see the God's Not Dead movie, there's a scene where Will Kane is visiting his mother with dementia in the nursing home, and he's this high shot, high, hot shot lawyer, and and he makes a comment. He goes, "Look at you! You worship God all your life, and and here you can't even remember, or recognize me, and I have all these things and great." And all of a sudden, she has this lucid moment, and she says, "Sometimes." The devil pads your cell real comfy and he makes it so comfortable and the door is open and you don't want to leave, but then he shuts the door on you. And I think that analogy is uh, our country right now. Everything's nice and comfy in your little your, your little jobs and, and, and your family structure and all that, but but there, I feel the door is about to shut and, and we won't have another chance. I think we're and there. I totally we're agree. We're there, right. Yeah. And I mean, that was really such, so inspiring to hear, um, what you're doing and the, the, the love and the time and the effort that you're putting into this. And I really like that you are, uh, tying it to your faith. And I, it's really interesting how the true, well, the faith question is, is delicate because, you know, you, you speak about it openly. I love Jeff Childers again. We'll mention him again for um you know openly coffee putting and, co coffee and vac co co uh what is coffee it coffee and covid, COVID. Co yeah. coffee and covid.com and get his get his daily newsletter it's all yeah it's yeah well and he doesn't shy away from the religious question either he's very strong in, in you know in his faith and tying all this back to faith but it's it's not so cut and dry because you know i have a cousin lover god bless her but she is hopelessly blue-pilled like she's just so naive so naive. She's a good Christian. You could not accuse her of not being a good Christian, but she is bought in hook, line and sinker. It's all this COVID nonsense. And she's about to get her third booster shot and everything. And there's no changing her mind. And, and, you know, even the fact that, you know, the, 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 uh, she's pro-life, but the abortion fetal cells lines testing, it doesn't bother her. I mean, 
So I don't know. It's kind of like everybody's a different flavor of Christian. And there are some Christians like the, the daycare that my daughter goes to where they just they're totally bought into it as well. I mean, I've got I made a video, a separate video about that not too long ago. But um, uh, not all Christians see it the same way. Why, why? What do you attribute that to? What do you think? I think I th I think a lot of Christians we, we look at Jesus's life and we take what we want from it. We kind of take his life and try to make it fit into our life. And I think also a lot of good Christians, they want to be law abiding. They want to be good neighbors. The messaging has been brilliant, right? You, if you care about your loved ones, you, you, you get the shot. I just had a good friend, very young, get the third shot because of her mother. You know, they buy into that messaging. And their their faith I, I i feel has been more on the good stuff right you know service loving each other and Kindness. things like that yeah and and i my faith was built on i was cynical i kind of grew up in some cultic environment i had to study my way out and through i uh, traveled i studied every major world religion i dug into you know the the, the coexist thing um but I dug into the, the, the history of each religion, the origins of it, and I followed its path. What is the goal of that religion? And when you do stuff like that, it, 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 it really helps your critical thinking skills and it opens your eyes to a lot of things. I, I, I fear a lot of Christians are just kind of going through the motions um, and they don't, you know, Jesus says, when he's talking about the word that falls on the rock and, and uh, you know, when offense comes because of the word, they, they, they fall away, they wither away. And I think a lot of Christians are those Christians where they don't want to, they don't want to stand. They don't want to take that, that part of Christianity where you stand. There was something I also wrote in a message to somebody, uh, to a friend this morning in revelation uh, 21, uh, I copied it 21.8, where it said the cowardly, along with all these other terrible attributes, won't, it, won't inherit the kingdom. And yet we hear the meek will inherit the earth, right? And you think the, the disconnect there. But the early Christians and the early apostles didn't love it. And when you look at Revelation, it says in Revelation 13, in that area, going up to the mark of the beast, it says they didn't love their lives unto death. There is going to be a taking of a stand. And I think a lot of people unconsciously or protectively are not willing to face certain truths because it means they're going to have to make certain decisions. So there was a famous quote that I love that's anonymous, and I, I got it from a book of Zen of all places when I was out there studying all these things. And it said, a great deal of intelligence can be found invested in ignorance when the need for illusion is great. And I think people have a lot of need for illusion to protect the lifestyles they have, their their comfort zones. And I think we can convince ourselves of a heck of a lot of things and we can remain in total denial uh, when it suits what we want. And I think we all want to be comfortable and we all want to be protective. But 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 if you look at history in Nazi Germany, you look at, at China, you look at Russia during the, the, the Bolshevik Revolution, those people burying their heads in the sand didn't stop their slaughter, you know, and, and, and it's not going to stop it here either. No. And it reminds me of that, I think it's Mark Twain, that, that quote that says it's easier to convince 
to fool the masses than to convince them that they've been fooled. So I think that's where we're at here too. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, you know, I, 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 I've tried to stay off Facebook, well, for various reasons, but occasionally I, again, my, my poor cousin, <laughs> because she, I, I, because I love her and I care about her and I'm just, I want her to understand and I just can't get her to, but I, I did, um, there's actually a, a revelation 1823. It says for your merchants were the great men of the earth for by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. But what is very yeah. unknown is that sorcery in the original Greek, what they translated as sorcery, the Greek word is pharmakia. So uh, that's very interesting, you know, that, okay, if we actually translate it accurately, they are saying you're, you know, uh, by your drugs or poison, you will be deceived. And it seems like a, a you are here moment, you know, like on a map, yeah. you are here. <laughs> yeah, and, and think about all the people that are taking the antidepressants rather than dealing with the root cause. And there's a lot of natural remedies. I've, I've battled with uh, depressions and, and, and mental challenges uh, throughout my life and uh, self what they called self-medicated for years. Yeah. Um, but there's other ways to go about it. And I think you all these people on antidepressants, it changes their their mind, it's kind of goes numb, you know, maybe they're in a happier state and they're functionable, but they're kind of numb and not able to. And I think that you, you hit the nail on the head, my wife and I, and speaking of my wife in through all this, she has been, uh, it's so important to have a support system. And, uh, she has just been amazing and outstanding in all, in all this battle, uh, for helping me, but just supporting me and, and risking everything herself. Um, but we were studying Saturday. We went through the fall of Babylon. I was reading in Jeremiah, and and then I was reading in Revelation, and we were discussing that, uh, you know. And it all said in one hour, and and it kind of goes back to where I was warning our politicians. It may look like all this has been in place, and it's all going to be the same, but in one hour, Babylon falls. And I thought about all those ships that are out to sea right now, where they're. You know, they're not, they're, 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 all this cargo is sitting out there. It's a, the system is really fragile now, I yeah. think, by design, but also just, just in general. Well, all, everything think, that we're experiencing now is totally self-imposed. It has nothing to do with the virus. And, and I, at this point, I would, you know, I'm a little cynical. I'm kind of black-pilled in some ways, but I would say it's by design. They want this chaos. They want this collapse because they this is how they get their build back better society this great reset well we right. have it has to fall down before they can build it back better so i think that this is by design this isn't an accident this was totally preventable this has nothing to do with covid you know these you know uh uh cargo shipments and delays and everything um but then you know tying it back into biblical things. And, you know, again, it's like, what chapter of Revelation are we doing today? <laughs> and, you know, the big one, of course, is, is Revelation 13, 16 through 18, when they talk about the mark of the beast. And it's like, well, okay, no, it's not here yet. But I think we can see the framework that right. they're setting up, you know, like, well, what are these vaccine passports for? Well, the vaccine card that you get, it's going to be a, then it's going to be a digital app on your phone. And then that's going to turn, well, Bill Gates is already working on it. Once you believe, you know, that quantum dot tattoo, that's going to have all your medical records on your person. Um, that's going to be totally part of it. I mean, it's going to be some sort of mark, but you can see the, the framework being set up and you can see how willingly people are going to line up to get it. 
because they're going to make it seem cool and all the influencers are going to have it. I mean, you know, uh, but you can see where this is going. I mean, at least I can. Um, but a lot of Christians can't. I don't know, because they've been told that something else about Revelation. I don't know. You know, some people say, well, oh, that I, already I happened. It, I, I, th I think a lot of a lot of pastors, and I've heard this, that they don't want to preach on Revelation. There's a lot of controversy, a lot of misunderstanding. We just got to focus on Christ. And I think that happens from the pulpit. When you asked me before, now that I'm thinking about it, but we, Jesus himself in the beginning of Revelation says, blessed is he who takes heed to the word of this book. And for Christians that have not been scared, even though they couldn't understand it, as we're watching all these things unfold, it's becoming clearer and clearer, right? And I, and I say the image to the beast it may not be fully erected, but I could see them kind of like the old days in the Egyptians with the obelisk. They got all the ropes on this thing. They got it built and they're just pulling this thing up and it, and, and it's coming up. And, um, and I think that's, I think a part of it has been leadership and pastors being scared to, to delve in. I think the people who have been so certain and, and maybe extreme in a lot of their rhetoric, uh, in talking about revelation have hurt the cause as well. I think, uh, there's a there's a pastor called Chris Liam, and he's on an app, and he does his going through the Bible, and he he did, he covered Revelation, and I loved his, uh, and it's not through the Bible. I, I wish I, I knew off the top of my head, but he gives a real balanced view. Like, okay, here's the framework, here's what some people believe, here's what some people believe, but this is really clear right now, and I think. I think that kind of approach to revelation is really healthy because it allows the Holy Spirit to come into people's hearts and minds and begin to see these things as they're unfolding. But they're definitely here. They're, there's no there's no doubting it. We're, we're seeing it unfold. So I just want to start to kind of wrap things up. But why don't you tell me where things stand right now with your fight against Disney? And then um, give me your mm -hmm. message to everybody what you think hey we're going to answer what can we do what do you think people can and should be doing right now well our fight uh, I, I i ask everybody to go to goofyvaccine.com which is our website i have my op-ed up there and there's i'll put also it on the show notes page i'll go over everything before and when i when i post it i'll have show notes um you know where we can have all the list all the the addresses and everything so Awesome. Thank yeah. you, Haley. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you could sign up for the newsletter. I could send you uh, some information for cast members. Uh, we have an email. Uh, we have uh, Sharia, who is a big part of our team from CCDF. She's gathering all, all that information for plaintiffs on the lawsuit. On the law end, I was just talking to part of the team this morning. They are uh, getting all that hammered out as they work together. Um, I'm not sure how fast it's going to come into place but they're they're working on it and we're going forward um and for for my message to disney is we are bringing a lawsuit we have a really solid strategy i'm pretty sure you're going to lose and if you let your people go you're going to be responsible for that back pay and i am going to be fighting not just that they be reinstated but they get their seniority their locations back everything back um and I, Anybody who knows me knows I'm serious. And uh, so, to Disney, I would put a moratorium. I've been asking you through the press. Um, I'm asking you now, put a moratorium so that you don't have to backtrack and retroactively reinstate all these things. It's going to be a lot harder. Um, just do a moratorium. Uh, I understand Disney has pressure as well. If they don't do these mandates, there's going to be a lot of pressure. I'm trying to give them a way out just to 
you know, do a moratorium and let us hammer out these things. Um, and so we're going forward legally from that. We have a, a big rally this weekend together with, uh, with, with, with everybody. I'll be there. Uh, I'll see you there. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. To, to, to stand up and, and, and to let our voices be known to cur- encourage other people. So I would say to, to, and my message to people would be is if you're a Christian, as you begin to open your eyes, as you begin to, you know, if, if you're like a Peter who thought you were had more courage, I think these things, as you realize other people are standing and you're not, is probably convicting you that you you want to take a stand. Uh, just stay in the word, stay in prayer, and God will bring you that opportunity. Uh, maybe the rally this weekend is that opportunity to come out. Um, there's a, a an event uh, and if you find us and, and I, I can get you that event or, or I put it on the telegram channel of Chris Ann, who's a constitutional mm-hmm, lawyer mm-hmm. who, uh, has a great, we will not comply. Uh, that's going to be, I'm thinking Longwood. It's, there's a, a film and she's going to be there answering questions. I highly recommend everybody, uh, get there Sunday, uh, from one to four thirty. I think it is. Um, that will be really encouraging and it will give you a backbone and it will show you constitutionally how this country is meant to work. Um, so I, I recommend people getting out there um, and just encourage people, take a stand, take a stand where you are, whatever it is, uh, just stand up, support the people that are taking a stand. Um, and together we know, we know like the, uh, we talked about the airlines, um, they're, they're taking a stand. And even though the press is, is lying about the, the, the narrative, they can't hide it all uh, long-term. We all, it's, it's like whack-a-mole. And I think probably people, well, the first step is the hardest because you just don't know where to go. Was that the case with you? I think, I think the, the hardest thing was just taking the stand. It was, you know, in the back of my mind, you, you begin to rationalize, well, for the greater good, you know, for the greater good, I was fighting for people, for coworkers and their rights and stuff like that. And I was denying part of it. And, you know, giving more precedence and more more value to other parts, right? Um, but when I saw that I couldn't hide in the shadows anymore in these areas because it became painfully clear that if I did, I was going to regret not taking a stand, whether I won or lost. And I needed to count the cost and say, God, I'm going to put all my trust in you because God reigns. And taking that stand with just just resolving in my mind to take a stand at all cost. I think that was the big line to cross. And when I weighed the cost and said I don't care anymore, I'm going to take that stand at all cost, it was very liberating for one. I began to see God step into action in my life. He wanted me to see, to realize do, do I really have faith in you at all cost? Was I Abraham going to sacrifice Isaac? Was I you know so many times of, of Christians uh, it, through history in the New Testament, were we willing to take a stand at all costs? I thought, you know, it, as a student of history, I thought of Dietrich Bonhoeffer in Germany um, and what his his stance was when even the Pope and at the time and all these other Christian organizations and churches folded that allowed uh, Hitler to come to power. You know, they had a concordance with Mussolini, Hitler, and, and the Vatican at the time that supported that movement at its infancy that allowed it to come to the power that it came. Um, and I just, I, with history and myself, and I counted the costs and I said, at all costs, I'm taking a stand. And I didn't know where I was going to go from there. But then everything started falling into place. And I think resolve 
making that decision to be resolved in your mind is the first stance. And remember, Christ in us is the hope and glory, as it says in Colossians. As a Christian, if you resolve to take a stand, God is within you. And God will, you know, he's prepared everything. I, I think it's in Ephesians and Galatians where he's prepared all these good works in advance for you to do. But you have to resolve in your mind if you're going to walk by faith, you know, or, or James says, show me your faith and I'll show you my works. And it's not that we the works come before the cart. It's that the faith and, and the faith leads you to resolve and the resolve leads you to, to follow, to walk in the spirit and the spirit leads you into the good works that he has prepared for you and advanced for you to do. And, and, and standing up that in this way at this time is the gospel in action. That's, that's protecting the weak and sending a message out there um, and helping us live our faith. And, and as Jeff Childers would say, you're no longer lukewarm. Yeah. Well, um, and as they say, it all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And um, I got it hanging out my front yeah, door. Well, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm certainly yeah. glad that you're out there doing something that you found the courage and you found the, you know, the resolve to do what it takes. And I think you're, um, as you can see, it's kind of falling into place for you. You, you don't have all the answers right as soon as you make that, 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 that stance, but you find that it kind of starts to present itself to you as the more you start to speak out and, and the answers come to you um, once you make that decision. And, and, and people kept asking me after the first rally where it looked like it was, it, 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 it was kind of just kind of fading out and they kept saying, well, what's, the, what's, your, what's your game plan? What are you going to do? And I kept saying, my back is up against the Red Sea. And Moses says, go forward. You know, God's saying, go forward. Mm -hmm. And that's all I got. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah. And as I kept doing that and proclaiming that, resources started coming to me. People, people reached out out of nowhere from large organizations going, Nick, what do you need? Mm -hmm. um, but I think God wants us to have faith first. He wants us to step out in faith with whatever we got and he'll, he'll provide the rest. Well, Nick, it's been uh, wonderful chatting with you. I look forward to meeting you in person this Saturday and um, any way that I Liberty Alliance network, I've got Flami as well, Florida unites against mandated insanity. However, which way I can support you and help you. Um, you know, we're trying to raise awareness, get the word out, uh, get people to join in you join with you in the fight. I will certainly do that. And I will be fighting here next to you as well. Uh, thanks so look much. Forward to, look forward to meeting you in person. And thank you. It was a pleasure talking with you and uh, nothing more exciting than getting together with like-minded people and, and, and sharing our concerns and our, and our victories as well. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, Nick Caterano, thanks so much. Keep up the good fight and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye everybody.